Hey everybody, John Finn here, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I dot O-R-G. We are a house church network. We meet in homes like they did historically for the first 300 years and how it's done so much of the plays all over the world today. And we follow the biblical pattern as well and the historical pattern of rotating homes and rotating who leads each week. And these videos are about the discipleship process because that's what we're all about. If you want to learn about the Biblical House Church, visit our website, cwowi.org. There's lots of information there. And, uh, and, and we'll help you to what we can if you're interested in learning more. There's videos, there's uh, teaching, CD, MP3, etc., articles. Um, sign up for my weekly thoughts, which you can do at our website, which is a weekly teaching that comes out every Friday. And it's in those places that we share about our Zoom meetings, which uh, we've got a couple coming up uh, very, very soon on that. We've got conferences, things of that nature. So that's where we stay in touch. See my weekly thoughts and the monthly e-newsletter. Today, asking the question, do you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches? The, the reason for asking this, it's interesting that in the seven letters to the churches in, in the Revelation chapters two and three, the Lord includes in there, usually at the end, and he says this, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, it's interesting that the Lord would say, he who has an ear to hear. I mean, this is the Lord speaking to Ephesus and Smyrna and, and Pergamos and, and Philadelphia and Laodicea and, and Thyatira and such. And, you, and you're looking at this and he says, he who has an ear to hear. You see, the Apostle John is, is receiving this in the Spirit and he's communicating to the church is what the Lord is saying. You know, to Ephesus, you lost your first love. You know, to Laodicea, you, you, you think because you're wealth that you don't need anything. You think you're spiritually righteous, but you're actually blind and naked and wretched, and you don't realize how spiritually poor you are. Different things like that. And Jesus sums it all up by saying, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So it's interesting that churches are made up of individuals. In that day and age, they didn't have the auditorium church. They met in homes. The auditorium didn't come about until Christianity was legalized and Constantine basically kicked uh, the pagan gods and goddesses out of the their temples and they called the Christians out of homes into the temples. And we've been uh, with the auditorium ever since, essentially meeting in buildings designed by the devil for his people and housing God's people for these last 1,700 years. Um, anyway... Uh, so the original place for the Lord to meet was in the homes with Garden Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve in their home in there, and he had, he's never left the home. So when you're looking at this, we look at what the Lord is saying to the churches. The context is these are home-based churches. You know, Revelation chapter 2, Revelation chapter 3, it's all to home-based churches where they're rotating homes, they're rotating who leads, and they outgrow home, they multiply out and everything, they rotate around there. So what is the, the Lord saying to those individual small churches that are meeting in, in the living rooms, essentially, uh, the atriums of the Roman household? And then individually, what is he saying to us? Now, here's the thing. You can't you can't be listening all to all the voices that are out there in media to get a, a gauge on and to hear what he's speaking to you as an individual. Because the church is, the church, the true church is Christ in me, the hope of glory, and then fellowship together with all other living temples of God who have Christ in them. And then we share our lives together and, and what Christ is doing in us. And so the message to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches is both corporately as each individual house church uh, within that context. And it's then individually, since that house church, home-based church is made up of individuals who have Christ in them. So how do you hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches? 
Well, we know that the Lord is going to lead you along the fruit of the Spirit and on the godly character. From 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, giving all diligence, add to your faith moral excellence, add, add consistency, add self-control, add godliness, brotherly love, agape love. If these things are in you and abounding, they will make you so that you're not barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. So one of the ways he's going to always lead you is in the development of good character, Christian character, honesty, transparency, holiness, etc. And then also the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, meekness, kindness, and such. He's going to lead you in that. That's what the Spirit is saying. Whatever the Spirit is saying to you, it's not going to be out there about this. The Lord can quicken things to you. Yeah, don't get me wrong. How many of us have had a verse jump out at us or somebody, you know, something says, it's like, wow, that really made my day. That's, that helped me. I needed that today. Uh, videos like this and others that, that people are doing podcasts, teachings, etc. Yeah, the Lord quickens that to you. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's that even that is an individual thing. The, those teachings are out there for the masses, but it's when the Holy Spirit quickens it and you hear something for yourself. You're, you're aware of something for yourself. You say, wow, that is for me today. That is the process by which you have heard what the Spirit is saying to the church, you as the church individually, first and foremost. And so how do we, how can we walk in that? How can we protect against it? And it's what I'm finding amazing is that when the Lord said, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, that automatically says there are going to be people who don't have an ear to hear. You know, he who has an ear to hear says there are going to be some who do and some who don't. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. But there are going to be some who don't. What how can people, how do they not hear what the Holy Spirit is saying? Why are they so deaf? Uh, is that their heart is calloused? Well, let me give you an example. In Mark chapter 6, uh, Jesus has fed 5,000 men plus women and children. He tells the disciples to get in the boat, row to the other side, sail to the other side. I'll meet you there in the morning. And uh, the wind and the waves are against them at about 4 o'clock in the morning. They see Jesus come walking on the water. Mark chapter 6 says he would have walked on by, but they cried out in fear because of that. And when he got into the boat, the wind and the waves were calmed. And it says this in Mark chapter 6, uh, 50 through 52, it says that they were astonished beyond measure when they saw not only Jesus walking on the water, but the wind and the waves calmed. They were astonished beyond measure. And you think, okay, well, they were astonished beyond measure. Not every day you see somebody walking on the on the lake. <laughs> and... Uh, and it says this, but verse 52 adds an expectation that, that we don't, don't see when we're first reading it. For us, coming along a couple thousand years later, we read this, say, well, yeah, they're astonished beyond measure of the wind and the waves calm, Jesus walking on the water, etc. But it says this, it says, but they were astonished because, in verse 52, they had not considered the miracle of the loaves, so their hearts had become hardened. That's an interesting thing to say, to, to say that they, the, they were astonished at the miracle that he just did with the calming of the wind and the waves and walking on water because they had not considered the previous miracle of multiplying the loaves and the fish. And it's interesting that all this happened within the span of a few hours and there was an expectation of a consideration that as they're rowing, they're thinking about the miracle of the loaves and fishes, how the Lord took a boy's lunch and fed 5,000 men plus women and children. There should have been, and the Lord expects, some sort of a, a reflection that goes on within each of us to hear what has gone on, to spiritually discern. And it's interesting because after Mark 6.52, you know, when he's, it says they were their hearts were hardened because they had not considered the miracle of the loaves, there's a similar terminology used in Matthew chapter 16, verses 10 and 12, where after Jesus had fed uh, 
fed the group of 4,000. Remember, he fed 4,000 and 5,000. And he gets into the boat, and the disciples had forgotten to bring any more than about one loaf of bread. And Jesus starts in a teaching, beware of the yeast or the leaven, the yeast of the Pharisees. And they immediately think among themselves, oh, no, he's, he's upset because we didn't bring any more than one loaf. And Jesus said, whoa, 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 guys. He said, listen to me. He says, when, when we fed all those people, how many baskets did you have left of the leftovers? You know, and they tell him the baskets. And he says, well, then how did you not perceive? How, did you, how, how would you think that one little loaf of bread would be an issue after I just fed tens of thousands of people? You know, and you had all those leftovers on top of it. You know, and so he says, how is it you haven't perceived it? And and how have you hardened your hearts? And the word perceived there is S-Y-N-I-E-T-E. And the root means what it means to set in order or to put it together. Jesus literally was saying, how is it you haven't put it together, guys? And and then the word hardened there is a, it's actually a construction term. It means to petrify or to harden. It, it was originally used to, to describe the whitewash or the painting process where you put on a layer and then you let it dry and then you put on another layer and you let it dry. And Jesus was saying this. He's asking the question, have you guys hardened your hearts? Have you guys allowed your hearts to be hardened? And And what I'm saying here today is people don't always hear what the Spirit is saying to you to individually because they're focused out there. And secondly, also because they haven't considered what the Lord has done in the miraculous previously to their situation now. And that's the encouragement today is that you not harden your heart, but you put it together. You look at the, you think, oh no, I only have one little loaf of bread left. It's like, whoa, 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 go back in your history and look at the past miracles that he did and let that soften your heart. And, 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 and give you encouragement for what he's going to do now in this day and in your future. It's, it's a remembrance of his faithfulness. That's one of the ways you can hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Remember what he's done in the past and hold it close to you, and, and then you'll perceive what he's asking you to do now. All right, I hope that's been a blessing. Bye-bye.